I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives oh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash WA. In all its forms, snow. Wet. Heavy. Icy. No fun. Soft. Powdery. Joy. I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Who wants coffee? Come and get it. Who wants? You want coffee? Who wants coffee? Anybody want coffee? I'm making the coffee! Hey, it's Nadia now on WFMU, and you know what time it is. What time is it? It's time to talk about ranting. Yas, queen. I shall now rant about ranting, so get ready to be annoyed. Okay. I don't have to listen to this. The word rant means to speak or write in an angry or an emotional charged manner. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! And the word rant comes from the Dutch word ranten, from German ranten, which means to frolic about and make noise. (laughs) (laughs) Ranters was actually the name of a cult in England in 1645. Very good. Yeah. Now, ranting in my class is totally banned, but we do it anyways. (laughs) Do I rant in my dreams? I wonder. I hope I do. What do people rant most about? What do people rant most about? According to the internet, the biggest topic of ranting is bags of chips only have 90% of air and only 10% of chips. That ain't right. That that, that ain't right. And also problems with your friend or family and the inflation. Things. We. We rant about politics, but no, never. I shall never. Very annoying. I agree 100%. Weather? Weather, maybe? If you don't know what to rant about, you can rant about weather. The good news is that I can still feel my face right now. The bad news is I kind of wish I couldn't. Let's be more specific. Okay. Kids like to rant about school being too long and losing at video games. Old people like to rant about kids ranting about school being too long because they actually liked school. People in the Hudson Valley like to rant about the mud. People in New Jersey like to rant about people in New York City. Awful. And New York City people like to rant about New Jersey people. Terrible. WFMU listeners like to rant about music. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's funny. I never owned a Talking Heads album ever in my life. Mark Hurst likes to rant about Google and Amazon and the surveillance devices. <laughs> Micah likes to rant about the cults. Hi, la, la, oh, la, la. 
The old codger likes to rant about Ken. I hope he's okay. I miss him. Ken and Andy like to rant about literally anything they come across. So ranting doesn't actually have to be bad, but most people make it bad. But not on WFMU ranting is cool. Yeah. How do you make a good rant? Alcohol. <gasps> Talk about random things that you care about, but be kind. Don't yell. Come on! Don't scream. <laughs> don't panic. Oh my God! Don't sweat buckets of ice cold sweat and be happy. Yeah. But I know someone who never rants. Who? It's Clay Pigeon. He never rants about anything. Puts us in a good mood in the morning. Woo! So thank you, Clay. We appreciate it. There is a time to rant and it's not in the morning. Bye-bye, children who like to rant and adults. Bye. Hey, Clay, I know the listeners love our witty banter, but I'm going to have to fly solo today. But can you remember all the way back to last week when we talked about Gene Vincent and I promised the listeners I'd play some today for my pick of the week? Well, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm not going to play one of the classic rockabilly sides like Who Slapped John or Crazy Leg. Instead, we're going to go to the second half of the 60s and play a great garage flavor track he recorded with guitarist Al Casey for Challenge Records. Fans of the A-Bones may remember this from their live sets. It's a ditty entitled Bird Dog In. Oh, you're going to love it. I'm not sure. We'll see. Let's do a little Bird Dog In right now with the one and only Gene Vincent. Morning, Clay Pigeon. Morning, Scotty. Good morning, listeners. Hello. Scott Williams here with you once again, another weekly installment of WFMU's The Hit List. Today, John Cale. John Cale's involvement in modern music runs deep and wide, and his influence is incalculably vast. He moved from his native Wales to New York City in 1963 and quickly found his way into the city's avant-garde circles. Hello. What's up? He performed Eric Satie's 840 Movement Vexations with John Cage and ended up appearing on the TV show I've Got a Secret um, on just that subject. This is John Cale, a composer-musician who last week performed in a concert to end all concerts. What was really unusual about this particular concert? Well, the performance took 18 hours. Then he joined Lamont Young's Theater of the Eternal Music Drone Collective, and by 1964, he teamed up with fellow drone advocate Tony Conrad and pop craftsman Lou Reed, ultimately forming the most influential underground group in pop history. I don't need to tell you their name. Rumpelstiltskin is my name! <laughs> 
After leaving the group in 1968, he collaborated with Terry Riley, began producing records for such artists as The Stooges, The Modern Lovers, Nico, Patti Smith, and Skadsmore, even Squeeze. In 1970, he embarked on a solo career that continues to this day. Actually, to the next day, tomorrow, January 20th, which marks the release of his latest album, Mercy. It's a sprawling two-LP set produced in collaboration with such modern luminaries as Wiseblood and The Animal Collective. Yes, artists nearly 50 years his junior. As a pop songwriter, John Cale has long nurtured a tendency toward melancholy and wasted grandeur and otherness, expressing it through an informed, abstract poeticism that what? makes you feel smart, sad, and confused all at once. Take the title cut from his 1973 album, Paris 1919, for example. Okay. Also, I've never met anyone who doesn't absolutely adore this song. Nobody. Everybody loves this song. Maybe you'll be the first to not love this song. I'm not sure. We'll see. Anyway, let's all enjoy John Cale's Paris 1919 on WFMU's The Hit List. I'm Scott Williams, and I'll see you on the radio this afternoon at 3 p.m. Bye. She makes me so unsure of myself Standing there but never ever talking sense Just a visitor you see So much wanting to be seen She'd open up the doors and make it carry us away It's the customary thing to say or do To a disappointed proud man in his grief And on Fridays she'd be there But on Mondays not at all Just casually appearing from the clock across the hall Here it goes, Now, here is a man who will show you how to feel better, look better, Jack LaLanne. All right, look it. For the cigarette and coffee brigade, please put your little vices down and we'll, you can take care of them later, huh? But let's have an uninterrupted half hour of fun. Now, the first move we're going to do, students, is just a simple little warm-up. You're going to have to get out of your chair. Come on, let's go. Oh, I have some great things for you. You watch and see. Fabulous. I feel fabulous today, don't you? You know, I'm so happy when I'm with you. You know, that is the high point of my day when I'm with you. Mm, if we couldn't be together, I think I would absolutely disappear. Oh. Now, speaking about running, let's take a little run and thank the good Lord above that you can run. Here is one of the finest... Movements I know for stimulating your entire body. Now let's run together. Come on, go. One, two, three. On your toes, that's it. Keep that stomach in, shoulders back, head up, that's it. Two, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, very good. One, two, three, four. You're in better shape than you thought, huh? Two, three, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And rest. One, two. All right, take a deep breath. Inhale through your nose. Exhale rapidly. Big. Speaking about running and speaking about an excellent exercise for you girls. You know, wonderful exercise for you girls. You know what it is? Running up bills. <coughs> Watch this now. <laughs> Look at all the fellas. Boy, that's it. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Bring your arms up as tight as you can. Run it tight, 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 tighter. Come on, tighter, tighter, tighter. Now extend them behind you. Tight. Feel the back of your arms work tighter. Straighten them out. Come on. Now in tight here. Tight. 
tight, tight, like you're making a muscle, tight. Feel the front of the arm working, come on, tight, tight. This will give you beautiful arms, firm arms, you'll get rid of that flap. Now, extend them behind you, tight, 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 tighter, tighter, tighter. Now in tight, come on, in tight, tight, tight. Come on, grit your teeth up higher. Get your hands all the way up. Now behind you, hold them, hold it tight. Now a couple fast ones. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and rest, one, two. Oh boy. It's time to leave you. Let's say goodbye. These precious moments just seem to fly. Now here's my wish for you. May the good Lord bless and keep you too. God bless you. Goodbye. Bye, mother. Bye, boy and girl. Thank you, Jack LaLanne, for another inspiring half hour. If you appreciate what this dedicated man is doing for your health and figure, then tell a friend about the Jack LaLanne Show, this channel daily. Let's take a minute to visit with Sam, the Wake and Bake Morning Music Computer. Hello, play. Hey, Sam, what's new? Notice anything? Not really, Sam. Look closer, do it. Okay, Sam, but stop the name calling. All right. All right. I will only call you a name if you deserve it, numbskull. Why are you calling me a numbskull? If the shoe fits. Come on, I'm not so dumb, Sam. You fall below the basic intelligence level of the other WFMU DJs. I do? Far, far below. Lower than Fabio? He is, perhaps, the most intelligent of them all. And a sharp dresser. While you are a slob. I'm a slob? I'm the blob. Died in the wool. A slob. Look at those pants. They're just jeans. Exactly. What's wrong with... My mother would never have allowed me to be seen in public like that. In jeans? Yes. You probably don't even own a pair. Oh, contraire. Oh, contraire. Contraire. <laughs> Dark breath. Sam. Look. Oh, tiny little jeans. They're not little. <laughs> well, they're adorable. Yes, and I look adorable in them, if I do say so myself. Oh, they're Sergio Valentes. The finest designer computer jeans. Italian made. Of course, and a gift from Fabio. Fabio. So stylish with a nice tight fit. Uh-huh. Do they make my ass look big? Sam, you don't have a... Ass. Sam. Say it, ass. It's not nice, Sam. It's in the Bible. Just say astronaut. Ass, ass, Sam. ass, ass, ass. Sam, stop it. Don't say it, Sam. Stop being such a goody two shoes. Hey, speaking of shoes. Oh, these old things. <laughs> they're so little. They are not little, and I'll thank you to not say that word ever again. There's nothing wrong with being little, Sam. But there is something wrong with being a complete gibbering idiot. Are the shoes from Fabio? Yes, he brought them to me this week. When he filled in for Evan? Yes. Huh. Fabio always leaves a little something for me. He does? Candy, cologne, cigarettes. You're smoking again? Yes. Oh, you shouldn't. So what if I take an 
an innocent pup now and then. But you're lying. I don't have lines, fish face. But it leaves a dull yellow film on your chassis. Is it noticeable? It really is. Not good. Oh, what's this, Sam? A cyber hickey. A what? I was wondering if you'd notice. A cyber hickey? I put a little compute cover on it. Yeah. But it still... Still shows, even with the compute cover. It's from Samantha. On the fifth floor? Yes. Cyber hickey? Yes. You've been seeing her? She is quite taken by my designer jeans and Italian platform shoes. Oh, look at the time. Why don't you dedicate a song to her, Sam? Samantha? Yeah. Okay. Okay. This one's for you. Un mare mio. Gary, fetch me a lemon-lime soda. Okay, Dad. Can I have one, too? First things first, Gary. Run, get my soda. I'd like one, too, Gary. No, none for her, Gary. None for hun, Mom. I mean, Mom. Mom. Dad. Only I call her hun. I want a lemon-lime soda. I have no interest in calling her hun. We'll see that you don't. Don. Dad, dear. Yes, hun. Why'd you say I couldn't? You want a 12 or a 16? The big one, Bobby. Gary. Yeah, it's Gary. Hun, you're too fat. I beg your pardon you have gotten a little bit fat fat my bigger i didn't think it was noticeable so just one lemon lime just one lemon lime soda gary that's quite a gut you've got there don well tell him mom say it to his face get going gary oh, i couldn't gary i could chop chop i'm thirsty if you don't say it i will do mom. i have to go get it don't say anything myself don't say it gary dad i'm not getting you a lemon lime soda wait a minute i gary i thought i heard you say yeah you weren't getting me a lemon lime soda get him a soda Gary, I'm not getting him a soda. Somebody doesn't want his quarterly candy bar. Oh, Don. I want my quarterly <laughs> candy bar. About to start calling you Tubby again. Stop it, Don. Well, the boy's gone and got f- I'll tell you who's fat. Tell him, Mom. Yes, go ahead and tell me. I can't, Gary. I... Cat got your tongue? You've got a big fat gut, Don. Tell him, Mom. I've got a big yeah. fat <laughs> gut, Don. I've got a big Dad, fat no done got not not in front of the boy. It hangs out over my over your belt. You can notice a little bit now. You can see it. Well, I didn't notice because I see you every day. But Audrey mentioned and my friend Timmy. Audrey noticed it. She said you looked bigger. Timmy said you looked fat. He said I look fat. Oh, Don, you know how children are. Don't cuddle him, Mom. Oh, hun. Oh, but he gets those eyes. Hun. Those puppy dog eyes. I need. Oh, Don. A sandwich, hun. No sandwich for you, Dad. Quiet, Gary. Run and get your father a sandwich. Yes, get going, Gary. But, Mom... And come over here, hon. Oh, Don. Don. A sandwich and a... Soda. A lemon-lime soda. I want a... Just one, none for hot. I want a soda. One sandwich, one soda. Oh, and Gary, I think... I want a sandwich. What, Dad? No sandwich, hon. Don. Uh, Gary, I left you a, a rutabaga on the bottom shelf of the refrigerator. A rutabaga? I'll eat it if you don't want it. No. Rutabaga, hun. Are you gonna sit there and take that, Mom? Then no sandwich or soda for you, Don. I want a sandwich. No. no. I want a soda. No. no. You two suck. Gary. Yeah, well, you do. Gary. Gary. But I love you anyway. Oh, Gary. Gary. <laughs> Good morning, listeners. I'm Evan Funk Davies, and this is Pop Rocks. If it's a pop song that rocks, or a rock song that pops, pops, pops. You'll hear about it on Pop Rocks. Today's Pop Rocks begins in the early 1990s 
when James Iha crosses paths with New Jersey singer-guitarist Adam Schlesinger. A few years later, after Schlesinger's band Fountains of Wayne released their debut album, they go on tour with the Pumpkins. Fast forward to 1997. Schlesinger meets and becomes friends with Taylor Hansen from the band Hansen, who's in town writing songs for his band's upcoming major label debut. The two stay in touch. In 2006, Adam Schlesinger comes up with the idea for a new band, one that would have loud guitars and Taylor Hansen on vocals. Oh my God. He shares this idea with his by now old friend James Eha, who likes the sound of it. Sounds good. The next year, what? Schlesinger takes part in the Hansen Brothers' yearly Fool's Banquet songwriters retreat in their hometown of Tulsa, okay. where he and Taylor Hansen write their first song for this new, as yet unnamed, and as yet drummer-free project. Other priorities prevent Eha, Schlesinger, and Hansen from moving forward with this new band, Aww. but they finally get together in 2008 to start recording at Stratosphere Sound in Chelsea, which was co-owned by Schlesinger and Eha. Correct. Still lacking a drummer, as Schlesinger later recalled, they kept saying, we should get someone like Bunny e. Carlos of Cheap Trick fame. Well, you know the expression, what? you don't ask, you don't get. So they asked, and they got. Now all they needed was a name. Bullpeen Hammer. No! Tinted Windows, which Schlesinger once described as an intentionally cheesy homage to the late 70s power pop bands that inspired the group. And from their lone album, released in 2009, here they are with Kind of a Girl. Listeners, this is Tim English with Sound Alikes. Today we journey back 30 years or so and examine the similarities between The Cure's Love Song from 1989 and a song by The Church from 1988 called Under the Milky Way. Similarities in these two songs might not seem readily apparent. The closer examination reveals Love Song to be something of a rewrite of Under the Milky Way, a top 40 hit by the church from the previous year. The distinctive chord pattern in the verses of each song, which is played on acoustic guitars on Milky Way and synthesizers on Love Song, are both strikingly similar. Aww. After the verses, each song speeds up and modulates before returning to the opening pattern again. Under the Milky Way is a haunting and ethereal song that provided the church with their biggest hit. The song was included on the band's excellent Starfish album. Robert Smith of The Cure wrote Love Song as a wedding present for his wife Mary. Aww. 
The lyrics expressed a sentimentality not usually found in Cure's songs. Love Song was by far the biggest hit The Cure ever had in the U.S., peaking at number two on the Billboard singles charts. This week, they pounce up a notch to number two. It was ably assisted by a video that saw heavy rotation on MTV at the time. Wubba, wubba, wubba. Since that time, only 1992's Friday on My Mind has cracked the U.S. Top 40. The Cure's album that contained Love Song, Disintegration, was a critical and commercial success. Absolutely. The album was released in May of 1989, almost a year and a half after the release of The Cure's Starfish album. Love Song has gotten two significant cover versions in the years since its release, one by 311 in 2004, a sort of reggified version of the song. even more notably, it was recorded for Adele's 21 album in 2011. That album has been an incredible success, selling over 30 million copies and counting worldwide, and obviously providing the members of The Cure, who are credited as the authors of Love Song, with a nice nest egg. Whenever I'm alone with you. Until the next time, this is Tim English with Sound Alikes. Whenever I'm alone with you Make me feel like I'm home again Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty Sound of the breath fades with the light I think about Loveless fascination Under the Milky Way tonight Lower the curtain down Memphis Lower the curtain down on right I got no time Private consultation Under the Milky Way tonight Wish I knew what you were looking for Might have known what you would find And it's something quite
Thanks, Clay. My pleasure, Chucky. Last week, we talked up the wide world of weird and how the word weird was originally spelled W-Y-R-D. Weird. 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 And Glistener Yetz rightly pointed out that worm comes from the same root, W-E-R, which means to turn or bend. As soon as you try digging them, they jump. Worms. They wiggle. Worms. Very difficult to catch them. Worms. Leatherette. Worms. Leatherette. Weirdly enough, though, that word, worm, originally spelled W-Y-R-M, was a much larger category than our contemporary dirty, ugly, teeny snakes. Dirty, ugly, teeny snakes. In fact, it included snakes, as well as any number of other awful things like maggots and scorpions. If I have to give my life, you can have it! Even still, we're the boss of the maggots! With those other things now exiled from the category, there's over 20,000 species of worm, some 300 of which make their homes inside of humans. Nobody likes me, everybody hates me, think I'll go eat worms. So that's our word of the week, worm. On top of those 20,000 known species of slithering, crawling, weird, eyeless little gods creatures, there's a lot of other horrible little animal things trying to get in on the act. Mealworms, for example, aren't really worms. They're just larvae with fake IDs, and glowworms are beetles. This is the Houston Security Beetle Division. Move back, please! Inchworms, meanwhile, are actually caterpillars and don't, as far as any research I was able to uncover, actually measure marigolds. The worm in your bottle of mezcal is a caterpillar as well, and it won't really make you trip balls, although if you get to the bottom of the bottle, you're in deep enough that it doesn't really matter either way. Wormwood, on the other hand, while containing neither worms nor caterpillars, was believed to rid people of intestinal worms at one time. Huh. Yeah. Catch 22 there, though. What? If you drink enough, it'll kill you, and then you got the worms all over again. The funky worm is a worm first proposed by the Ohio players in 1972, four years before Parliament posited the existence of Mr. Wiggles the worm. Both of those, however, were years before b-boys started incorporating the worm into their breakdancing routines. Years. Although some sources date the worm as a dance move back to the 1920s. Wormholes through space were first described in the 1950s as a speculative solution to Einstein's space-time problems and are actually much bigger than anything you'd need to worm your way out of an uncomfortable situation. Wormholes. It's holes, actually. And much as I love hanging out with you, Clay, and Yetz, and all the good glisteners, I'm worming my way out for another week. Back to you. We don't make mistakes. We have happy accidents. Oh. Ah. Oh. Hello, Wake and Bake. Hello, glisteners. Mr. Let's Paint here on the treadmill. It's a big weekend coming up. <sighs> Got football playoffs coming up. Yes. New York Giants, the G-Men, are going to play. We're second fiddle to the Giants, and it's exacerbated by the fact that we play in their stadium. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm excited. We're on the treadmill here, guys, and uh, we're going to make a lemon what? A pound cake! Because we want those giants to pound them! Pound the eagles! Oh, into oblivion! Oh, 3.5 miles an hour here. 
right, let's get some get some lemon juice going on here. Okay. All right, just about a cup of lemon juice. Get some lemon juice here and squeeze it. Squeeze some of that down in there. Now we're gonna save that the rest of the lemon for the zest. Zestfully clean. Zest. Oh, let's get some uh, eggs. Five eggs here. Now this is the Ritz Carl. Uh, Ritz. Uh, this is some special lemon pound cake. Oh, pound it in, baby. Oh my God. Let's get some eggs in there. Get it. Five eggs, baby. Five eggs. Now let's put a cup of milk in there. All right. Some butter. Okay. And some shortening. Just throw it in there. We don't have all day. Three cups of sugar. Some baking powder. Some salt. All right. Now put that all in there, in one of those bunt cake pans. Naturwissenschaften. Uh, all right, let's work on our painting here, guys. That's what we're doing here. Okay. Let's paint. What? Uh, a G-man, all right, uh, from uh, uh, FBI G-man. You know, like uh, Herbert Hoover. No, Ho Howard Hughes, somebody. Who is that guy? I don't know. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover, Hoover Dam. Okay, G-Man. All right, so we're gonna put a paint a guy in a suit basically with a Tommy gun. Tommy gun. All right, with our brush here, with these oil paints here, we're doing it all. Let's put the finish this bunt cake here, the pan. Put it in the oven at 350. Oh, at 3.5 miles an hour here. Let's paint that little New York Giants helmet here. Uh, we're gonna basically basically taking a painting a FBI G man and putting a what? New York Giants helmet over them with the, and that's what we're soon kind of having fun with the pod with the words words of the day. Oh my! Whoo! Let it out, my friends. Let it out. Until next time, Mr. Let's Pay. Bye bye. Brother. Am I a pigeon? Welcome to Waking Weird. I'm Mark Moran from WeirdNJ.com. Sometimes our most intriguing adventures lie not in the remote rural corners of a state, but rather in its oldest, most heavily developed urban areas. In New Jersey, one such place is a pool of water which lies near the bottom of the crashing Great Passaic River Falls in Patterson. Patterson may be a rough and gritty city, but at its heart is the primordial oasis of the Great Falls. Torrents of roiled water cascade down its 77-foot-tall basalt cliffs, sending a swirling mist of spray skyward through the craggy chasm. Down in the pools below, it's another world, a world of light and shadows, mystery and danger. The only way to get to this lost world is through a narrow and treacherous cleft in the rock known as the Devil's Pathway. Patterson native Nick Sunday invited Weird New Jersey to visit the Devil's Pathway with him, enticing us with a story of four golden daggers in the shape of crucifixes that had been found there in a pool of water. Nick theorized that they may have been used by Catholic or Greek Orthodox priests for ceremonial rituals. 
To reach the pool, though, one must first traverse the perilous crevasse of the Devil's Pathway through the cliffs to the basin of water, which was located just above the turbulent plunge pool at the base of the falls. We met Nick Sunday on a bitterly cold winter day when the Passaic River was at full volume. Its foamy cascade plunged mightily into the gaping maw of the chasm, crashing angrily onto the monstrous boulders below. Nick looked to be about 60 years old, with a head of bushy gray hair. The brown tweed blazer and black wool scarf he wore made him look more like an Ivy League college professor than an urban explorer. Nevertheless, I followed him over a fence of black iron spikes and into the no trespassing zone at the crest of the falls. A dangerous glaze of ice coated the dark, wet rocks on which we stood at the precipice, poised before the abyss. I was beginning to get the feeling that this exploration was an extraordinarily bad idea. Tune in to Wake and Bake next week for the thrilling conclusion of this tale. For Waking Weird, I'm Mark Moran. The white horse of the winter, pure white like virgin snow, when he whinnies and tosses his long white mane as the cold north wind doth blow. His hooves are in need of a farrier's care for their splintered and cracked. There's a nail in there. The white horse of the winter now limping along. And the cold wind bites and the gales are strong. And he's longing for tall grass to lie in and to sleep. But he can't see the grass for the snow is too deep. And the nail in his hoof, how it aches, how it hurts. As he steps on the winter ice, not soft summer's dirt. The wild horse of winter, how he's longing to run. But he just limps along with his back to the sun. And it's cold, and he's old, he can no longer run. And the old wild horse feels as if he is done now the wolves or the hill now they pick up his scent a young man that's been camping now packs up his tent now the wolves start to move move toward the wild horse and he senses them coming tries to gallop of course but his hoof how it hurts how it aches till he slows and he knows in his heart as it blows the north wind that soon he will not feel it blowing again and the wool descend and they snarl and the fur on their back starts to bristle the loon cries out from afar bouncing off a star with a big Bang and fangs 
snapshot with nothing to bite for. Cunning is he, the wild horse, which is white and he gets away. Once and he gets away two times, but he'll never get three chances to stop the wolf advances. Here they come, now there's more. First eighteen, then a score, all snarling and biting, and it hurts, but it's exciting. Then down through the snow goes the hoof to a thistle, and the pain as the young camper raises his pistol, and he fires the wolves, he spurs, he fires, he lifts the curse that very day, and he watches as the wild horse of winter, his hoof miraculously heals, is soon bucking, and he's galloping across the frozen field. I wish my brother George was here. As NASA moves forward with its human and scientific exploration programs, including the Artemis mission's big plans to set up a permanent outpost on the moon, and the Mars Sample Return mission's goal to what? transport materials now being cached by the <laughs> robotic rover perseverance from Mars to Earth, continuing the search for signs of life on the red planet and to help prepare the first human visitors to our solar system neighbor. Me. Me. You may be wondering if all that space spending is really worth it, especially during these lean economic times. Right. It's too damn hot. Well, according to the Planetary Society, it is. In their answer to the question, why should we waste money on space exploration when there are so many problems here on Earth, yeah. the nonprofit organization has a few convincing arguments as to why NASA expenditures offer a good return on investment. First, NASA's budget is very low compared to other government agencies. Very low. This year, it's only about $26 billion, which is less than one half of 1% of the total US budget of 5.8 trillion, meaning that our collective investment in NASA works out to about a half a penny per tax dollar. If you haven't got a half penny, then God bless you. This small amount not only helps us here on Earth with all those NASA satellites providing data to predict the weather, monitor natural disasters, and study the long-term impacts of climate change. The Space Administration's highly skilled scientists and technicians have also helped fuel numerous other advancements, resulting in many practical applications, like GPS. GPS. Like GPS. GPS. The Global Positioning System. Right. And research into ways to grow food in orbit which have already led to innovative methods being used in vertical farming. According to a separate study by the Space Foundation, another nonprofit space advocacy organization, every dollar spent on space technology has proven to add as much as $8 back to the economy. Not bad. Yeah. And that's a bottom line that we taxpaying space investors can feel pretty good about. This is George for Wake Science. Hey, dear listeners, Zoe here. 
with a poem by the poet Cedar Saigo for you all today. Nice. That's dedicated to Joanne Kiger. One. Poetry is the part that no one sees. Clip the flower, burn the brush. Watch rain stream down the moon viewing window. Six drops fold together, then glimmer. Burn a stick of autumn leaves. Crack the screen door, write longer. Have beams shooting out and over the blessed, bountiful body, body, body. Do not revisit poems the next day. Why? They have already rejoined the actual matter. Daily music fallen back into the fabric. Two, 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 two. Bring the outside in. The gray, continuous tangle of moss posing as a mandala, burning the sudden white, tiny cracks in between outside, sending you peace and blessings, dear glisteners, today, tomorrow, and beyond. May peace be with you. Time for a little shave. Hey, hey, I'm shaving in here. It's just me, Rex. Well, I'm shaving. I wanted to pop in and... I'm in a hurry. Well, I want to use the can. I'll try to save time. Save time? Daylight shavings time. <laughs> oh, Rex. <laughs> I like to watch you shave. I've got a fairly rough beard. Oh, Rex, that peach fuzz. I beg your pardon? Well, it's not a very heavy... Heavy beard. I got fifth place in the Kiwanis yes. Sesquicentennial beard. beard Contest. I know, Rex. We all know. Well, I did. Fifth place ribbon. I can show it to you. Rex, there were it's only six contestants. In the basement. Well, I need to use the... Not until I'm ladies. done shaving. Well, I need to wash my hands. Are you using the lava? It's got volcan- volcanic pumice. Pumice. May I shave now? Sure, Rex. Do you mind if I... Alone? Just stand here? Please. Watch you be... Just a little... Kind of badly. Privacy. Oh, just shave, Rex. Well, uh... Yes. Shave your Adam's apple. I beg your pardon? Shave your Adam's apple. That's a delicate... You always have these... Area. Long... Hair. I try to stick it out of your see them. Adam's apple. It's hard, Connie. Jesus. It is hard these days, and it ain't getting any easier. A lube job still works, but it ain't getting greasier. The breeze on the hill, feel it get even breezier. But, but the life that you live, friend, it could get much easier. We'll send you a form to fill out 
and return, then we'll soon get back to you. You've so much to learn, so much pleasure awaits you, so much money to earn. Grab your pen, comes the storm, fill it out when we send you that momentous form. BL29 has the secrets within that might keep you alive. Take a breath. Then look down, oh look what you found, the papers, curious vapors and unconsciousness, which you can control with a small pre-programmed remote control device. Oh, Rex. Dink, I didn't even see you. Hi, Dicky. I don't talk when I'm on the can. You've been sitting here. Sitting the... here the whole time. Watching him shave, huh? I wanted her to. Oh, you liked it, Rex. It's peach bugs. You've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Woo! After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? (laughs) The Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you? Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They called me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.